The Bite Goes On is up next, but first, check out this other great show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Destination Eat Drink. A dish named after Romeo and Juliet, Brazilian moonshine, and how to best enjoy carnival. This week, we're in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. I'm Brent Peterson, host of Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast for foodies. And in addition to all that, we'll also visit Rio's famous beaches. Download the podcast today on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to The Bike Goes On. This is Brian Casey with Sandra Bernstein. Sandra, good dinner last night. Yes, we had a wonderful second helpings dinner. We had uh, Miyoko and Allison Kilmer from Uppercase Tea, and we did uh, the vegan show again and the vegan dinner. Yeah, some nice um, people in attendance from all different aspects of food and beverage industry and some people with some new products that they're working on Mm -hmm. and some famous chefs and Mm -hmm. it was cool it was really fun cool conversation and it was great engaging thought-provoking yeah and and i didn't get shot for still eating steak tartare (laughs) so i was really happy everyone loved you of course yeah it was fun i and i think our staff did a really nice job they did a great job yeah yeah it was very fun well today um We'll find out if this product is vegan, which I'm guessing it probably is. <laughs> um, not that everything in the world needs to be vegan now. But anyway, no. I'm really excited to introduce Deb Rock to the show from Sonoma Hot Sauce. Deb Rock. Glad to be here. Thank you so much <laughs> for and, me. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, gonna, microphone. You're going to have to pull that thing right All up the way into, into your it. mouth. There you go. Well, not all the way. Close as possible. (laughs) You will today. (laughs) Um, But um, so, just really quick, I heard of you through Eileen Gordon when we did the Barn Razor show. And I forget what episode that is. I think in the 35s or 40 around there. And um, I've always loved what she's been doing with that. Really great lady. And I really got excited. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'm getting rid of Tabasco. I want the local product. At the restaurant, and well, I think so this far. looks Sorry, very Island. different from Tabasco too. <laughs> very different from yeah. Tabasco. Because I'm thinking right now with those seeds in there that when I take that top off, there's not going to be a tiny little hole where a vinegary sauce no, can no, come no. out of. I have no. a feeling this part, is going to get poured on. Part of my marketing on. is having that big opening so you go through it. <laughs> pour, <laughs> pour it yeah, on. this is not your grandma's hot sauce. <laughs> this is not going to be on the shelf very long. No. I always guarantee that it'll be it'll last a couple of weeks and that's about it. Uh, <laughs> so it is vegan. It is vegan, yeah. of course. Of course. So um, plant based, organically grown peppers that I grow myself. Um, so you grow Road. them like you plant them and grow plant them, them every and... February. Wow. Yep. Okay. Start the seeds. Where are uh-huh. you on Petaluma Hill Road? Well, um, very um, in a hidden interesting. Spot. Well, it's at Darling Farms. So about four years ago, I was um, I had I met 
two other farmers that I fell in love with through a program called Agripreneur Program, which was held out at Shone Farm. It was uh, sponsored by the JC in a collaboration um, with UC Davis, I think it was. And so for five years, they gathered uh, about 20 people per session who had ag dreams and basically walked them through a nine-week process of of writing um, uh, your business plan, you know, how to meet the makers, where to find the growers, how, you know, meet, treat me, you know, con- connect you to Whole Foods back, you know, back in the day. Um, so what, tell me, what year was this? This was in 2014. In 2014. But were mm-hmm. you making hot sauce before then? Yes. I've been making hot sauce for uh, 25 years. 25. Wow. Yeah. Or and a little for bit more sale. Than that. For, for sale since I moved here in Sonoma. So it's been about four years. Four years. Correct. Okay. I love it. But you've been making a home recipe. Um, well, ha- tell us how you started making hot sauce. Well, I'm glad you asked because <laughs> <laughs> um, I grew up in Louisiana where Tabasco is king. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's not because everybody's a flaming hot sauce lover. It's just because it's on every table. Yeah. And a lot of places, if you go to a festival, there's salt and hot sauce. There's not pepper. There's just salt and hot sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I was getting married in 93, my sister gave me a little, you know, wedding gift. It was a Tabasco cookbook. It was about this big. And I don't ever remember reading any recipes because I really don't use recipes. But when I Your read, sister didn't give you a microwave or like mm-mm. a washer dryer set. <laughs> you got a little Tabasco Well, because I cookbook. was the Tabasco toting um, consumer. You know, I always had one in my purse <laughs> or my pocket. You know, if I went to breakfast and the first thing I do when I sit down is ask for coffee and Tabasco. And if they bring me my meal... They'll go around the whole restaurant and come back and go, is your food okay? And I'll be like, well, you never brought my hot sauce, so how can I get started? And that, I just always loved hot sauce, always. So she gave me this little book, and in the first page, I think I read that there were three ingredients in Tabasco. There were peppers, there were salt, and there was vinegar. Yeah. And then when I read that, I was off to the races because when I married, um, I lived in this tiny little town called Twisp, Washington, up in the northern Cascade region of Washington State. And what I didn't know... After Louisiana. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was 20, 26 years old. I turned 26 on the farm. And um, what I didn't know was that it had the, the most recordable snowfall in all of Washington State. And so... Um, this little town that we lived in, what was called Winthrop, was um, was a tourist town, and so the tourists came, and you know you catered to the tourists, and you know did everything you could, and then they they didn't come back until next spring, and so there was no income, and pretty quickly we found ourselves in a social so, social services office um, requesting food stamps, seeing if we could get food stamps. Well, my parents were, my mom was a farm worker. My grandparents were farm workers. Um, You know, I'd lived all over the world, and not one person in my family or anywhere had I ever seen a food stamp. And so here I was in one of the most 
uh, you know, embarrassing situations, but we needed those food dollars to feed um, the kids. It was a family of five. Mm-hmm. And um, anyhow, the story goes that I had this um, this um, Scarlett O'Hara moment where it was like, <laughs> I will never use food stamps again. <laughs> you know, like this is for the birds. And I was like, we are plowing up that backyard next spring and I'm growing all my own food. And until then, I'd never planted a seed, ever. I grew up on army installations. My parents were both career military. Mm. And so we grew up in what looks like apartment buildings. And no, you know, lots of concrete, lots of roadways, uh, but people certainly didn't garden. Um, In some of the countries and, and communities that I live with, which were in Louisiana and Panama, it was too hot, you know. Yeah. You know, if you go away on maneuvers, you come back, everything's gonna be dead, you know. <laughs> so there was no gardening. And on top of that, my mother, as a farm worker, had found a way out by joining, um, by joining the military and going to Vietnam. I mean, that was a, uh, that was a vacation <laughs> for my mom, who was uh, at the time picking hops in uh, Eastern Washington, out in the Yakima Valley. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, so anyhow, for her, it was opportunity and she found a way out. And so she wasn't really, she didn't really think playing in the dirt was a lot of fun. Right. And so, um, one of the things that we, we realized because my mom didn't tell us a lot of the stories of hardship that she endured as a young person. Um, but we had never seen an asparagus our whole lives until, you know, until we were in our twenties or going to nicer really? restaurants because my mother had picked so much asparagus <laughs> as a child. She was like, this will ne- I never want to see it again. So, um, so that was kind of one of the, you know, funny peculiarities of, of people that, you know, they, they want to leave the past behind. And sometimes that means leaving the farm, you know, that wasn't, a direction uh, it still isn't for a lot of um, a lot of people and Hispanics in general. Um, so I am kind of leading the way for that right I now because that. what I found out when I started planting seeds, um, first of all, I was attracted to you know the colors of the rainbow, realizing that tomatoes could be pink and orange and. Um, green beans could be purple and spotted and scarlet runner beans and Italian yeah, food was beans sexier. And, oh my gosh. I mean, it yeah. was like, you know, um, I was raised, uh, by Martha Stewart and Oprah. So, you know, it was, <laughs> these were the foods that I was seeing them cooking in these, in the magazines and I'd never seen them in a grocery store. So I started, um, growing vegetables and, um, I just fell in love. It was not only that I fell in love, but I found my bliss. Something, the DNA in me knew what to do. I never read a book on it. I never had a mentor at this particular time in my life. Um, the house was surrounded by 40 acres of, of uh, pasture land. So there wasn't anybody for me to ask. Uh, we didn't have the internet back then, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it was just this passion play, and it was just really listening to the garden and you're standing in your house with your coffee in the morning and you're going oh my god that grew overnight so you rush out and then then it's four o'clock the kids are coming home I mean you just lose your whole day because it's so fascinating and um 
and beautiful. And I, I just fell in love. That's really sweet. It, it really, I can visualize, I can see you with your coffee. And I sometimes it takes like some really hard things to bring you around to find the path. So I think, yeah, really, yeah, really I cool. And agree. And just to see, you know, and we'll continue talking about your journey of like, you know, being there and being a mom and being in survival mode mm-hmm. to going and opening up your own company. And we're going to hear whether you employ people, whether it's a one woman show. Um, well, I want to know even further back. So when you start planning in this area, obviously it's cold in it's the wintertime. So you're probably having a shorter growing season yes. than most mm-hmm. people. So, so then- not February. <clears throat> well, we I figured out a way to do that inside the house. We had an old farmhouse with south-facing um, uh, exposure. So it got pretty hot in the house. Mm-hmm. So I found these old shelves out of a grocery store or a card shop or something mm-hmm. and I rigged them up. And so, yes, we started the seeds Your in seeds February. In, okay. Um, all of that excitement and transitioning them to did the kids help. The kids did help. And mm-hmm. I made, I made a great mistake of sometimes making it, um, penance for the things chore, so you never yeah. want to do that. Right. I'll just tell you, don't <laughs> do that to your kids. Um, but, uh, the, the summers were smoking hot. So mm. you're talking a hundred, 105 degrees and it comes and it goes. So, um, some of the time you can't even plant until father's day because wow. it's so cold. Yeah. But then you put it, you know, if you look at the packet of seeds, they're talking, you know, like mature in 65 days or 85 days. They're talking about growing in Twist, Washington, because it happens that fast. Wow. It just, it just explodes and then it's over. And a lot of communities, all your northern, um, you know, farmlands, they're, they have short seasons, but they're maximizing um, that growing season had gotten very good at it. So, so then when you're growing some of this stuff that you've never seen, let alone probably the kids haven't seen then do you start cooking some of it and they start looking at it on the table and thinking, what are we eating? Well, my, uh, my ex-husband was a back to the land kind of guy. So, um, and his girls were too. When I came in, they were, uh, it was more like living with Pippi Longstockings than, <laughs> you know, they were riding horses through the house. I mean, these uh. kids were so smart and so country. They just had these really beautiful, um, and you know, just abilities that were, um, you know, they knew what berries were and where they were so we could go har- harvest, um, elderberries or, mm. you know, they're just really smart in their, in their community, you know, being very comfortable and things. So they taught me, but the cooking element was, was, um, definitely mine because I was as an oldest in my family required to have a meal ready when my parents got home, have their coffee ready, have the house, you know, clean after school. When I got home, I needed to, you know, run around and make sure things were done and laundry wasn't piled up. So cooking became also another, um, fascination for me because, um, I was always quite good at it. And my dad was Puerto Rican. My mom's Mexican and, and we lived in the tropics. So there was a lot of different foods, a lot of, um, 
uh, people that we were meeting, Latinos and uh, indigenous um, people to Panama that were bringing all kinds of bananas and tropical fruit and cooking for us and bringing foods from their communities into our house. And because my mom chose to be untraditional in her, you know, in her uh, Mexican cooking, um, she would, you know, she worked as a nurse in a hospital. So she had an opportunity to also share food with, you know, let's just say there's, you know, 300 other heritages of people that mm -hmm. are in the military. So food, wherever you go, becomes a very important unifier. And she was being exposed to Greek food, German food, Italian food, all these different things that she'd never seen before. So she loved to, um, she'd love to kind of modify. I remember our spaghetti always had German sausage in it. And I still <laughs> love it like that, you know, um, because she tasted it somewhere. And so that's became us. And but so that's how recipes happened. Yeah. I mean, we, we get very used to, you know, certain traditional recipes, but I mean, family recipes is how cookbooks got started. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And so the other thing is um, maybe my mom was the very first zero waster, you know. We weren't allowed to throw anything away, ever, you know, ever. Um, and so we had to figure out um, how to create meals. It would be like the equivalent of a black box and, you know, a chef, you know, trying mm -hmm. to figure out how to put all this together because my mother was a working mom. And when, at the end of the day, they were hungry and they were tired and they were thirsty and they did not want to like get shook up about anything. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So she and would did call you us. feel obligated as a daughter? It was my job. It was your job and it was instilled in you at what age? I started cooking family meals at age 12. At age 12. Mm -hmm. And did you feel like it was a penance or a chore? No. It was just your part, what you did as part of the family. Well, I, I, I just had artistic tendencies my entire life. And so for me, food um, was a way to, to express, you know, mm -hmm. um, color and music and... Um, you know, yes, maybe having these unusual, um, uh, products and vegetables or something different, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so my dad taught us how to make a perfect pot of rice because Puerto Ricans like to eat white rice at every meal. How do you make a perfect pot of rice? I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm almost 50 and I, besides without, without buying, a rice cooker, yes, yeah. without we a rice put cooker, two cups of rice in a stainless steel pot, probably about this big. I and then to be honest with you, you're going to fill the water about that much more than the rice. Wait, so how, to wait. your first knuckle, to your first knuckle. Okay. And then you just put a little bit of uh, salt, probably about a teaspoon of salt. And I always put a little vegetable oil or some sort of oil Boil it. Let it hard. Let it start to boil. Turn it way down low. Yeah. Put a lid on it. Turn it way down low. And twenty minutes later, lift the lid, fluff it a little bit because it'll just you know stick together if you don't. I think that's and my it's problem. Perfect. 
I end up with mashed rice. Oh, it's kind no. of more like the consistency of potatoes being mashed than rice. I don't know what my that problem would be is. Frustrating. Well, just, maybe you should just, just yeah, it's, buy a rice cooker. I'm not a good fluffer. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's okay. I don't like gadgets. I don't like gadgets. So yeah. um, anyhow, I found it very liberating. Mm-hmm. And um, as you kind of mentioned in the beginning is that the food becomes the inspiration because we didn't really have recipes. So we cooked with whatever was in the fridge. You know, if we called, my mom called and said, is there any, what are you cooking? We're like, oh, there's nothing in here. And my mom was like, oh my God, when she get home, just whip it all out, get all the containers out and then boom, dinner. And we'd go, oh my God, you know? So I am that kind of cook now. I get my inspiration from the garden, what's in season. In August, we're having a lot of tomatoes. In the spring, we're having a lot of asparagus. We're having mm. kale. We're having bok choy. We're having, you know, fresh new greens. And so every, you know, like. Are you your, a vegan? I'm not vegan. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just kind of. <laughs> no, I, I'm, it's a, a joke from last night, really. I'm not. I'm not. But no, you, you but love I vegetables. I eat my vegetables. Yeah. And I'm passionate about vegetables. And it's a. Um, it's important that you, that the people around me like vegetables too, because we're going to eat a lot of them, you know, (laughs) and they are the basis of my food because I can grow it. I I certainly don't have pigs and chickens and, Mm -hmm. you know, and if I did, I, I eat those too, you know, since I do love pork a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So how many other kids in your, when growing up, brothers and sisters? I'm the oldest of four. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. Me too. Oh, yeah. Oldest girl, three boys. Um, So could you have imagined back then that you would have ended up in the food business? Yes, definitely. Well, I've been in hospitality my entire life. Um, You know, always cooking, always catering, always restaurants serving, running, dashing. Um, It used to be where I couldn't eat unless you put the plate on the table. I could run by it, you know. <laughs> um, but um, back in that time where I started growing peppers, I had so many people say, well, you should sell it. You should sell it. You should sell it, which is. Well, wait, you know. wait, 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 wait. Let's go back. When did you make your first batch of hot sauce? In 1994. And why? Well, because. When I started sprinkling those seeds, I did not know that you didn't have to plant every single seed in there. So yeah, we, I had bumper crops of everything. <laughs> yeah. And so one of the things that we did was we did have a root cellar. So you put the cabbages, hang them upside down. Still in Washington? This was in Washington. You dig the beets in, the radishes, the carrots, um, all in kind of sandy soil in the root cellar. And we would wrap the tomatoes in newspaper, which I still don't believe it, it actually works because the flavor's not there, but you wrap the, the green tomatoes in newspaper and supposedly at Thanksgiving at Christmas, you can open them up and they'll be red <laughs> or something. Uh, so, so I had so many peppers, you know, and I was like, I can make hot sauce with this. And so I did. And, uh, and originally, what was your inspiration? Did you, I mean, you obviously knew about Tabasco, so you knew there was three ingredients in it, but you thought you want to do something different. Well, inspiration was price. So I could, I, why, 
you know, my, my daughter one time came to me in the garden and said, can I have three bucks to go to the store? And I was like, well, for what? And she says, I'm going to go get some pasta sauce. And I looked at her like she had two heads and I'm like, there's a hundred pounds of tomatoes here. Here's some oregano. Here's some basil. There's an onion. Go make pasta sauce. You know, so we were doing everything from scratch. Absolutely. Every sauce, everything in my house was scratch and, and from scratch. And that's why I call that time in my life the Holly Hobby years because, <laughs> I mean, we just, you know, you couldn't jump in a car and go to a store. There, there, what, there weren't any there. Um, so I have it's to really digress. Necessity. One thing. Do you watch Netflix? Sure. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. There is a show called Anne with an E. Oh, I love that show. It's the third season. It I just watched so it. Yeah. I'm thinking of you. Yeah. Oh, that's You're so Anne sweet. With an e. I love oh, that show. Oh my god. It's a you should show. have you should watch it with Abby. It's wonderful. Okay. On Netflix. Yes, it's three definitely. seasons uh-huh. and it's like Anne of Green Gables, mm-hmm. and it's an oh, updated, like yeah. new. Um, but the music is fabulous, and the everything art about is it. fabulous. Mm-hmm. And, everything about it, yeah, it's very but, clever. Yeah. And she's a very strong young girl. Yeah, um, yeah. So. But you're, thank you. You're, you know, yeah, you. that's what I feel like. Thanks. So um, you made hot sauce because of price, and it was something that you could have in the house, and potentially I could sell it. Yeah. So what happened to me is what happens to a lot of people is uh, it turns into a very expensive hobby. You're giving it for gifts and here, look what I made and have this. But um, but the cost of giving really starts to rack, ramp up over the years. So I was in my 20th year of giving for free, <laughs> you know, and it was just getting ridiculous. And the desire for people to buy it became... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, very evident. And so I, I had to, I had to decide that I was going to, of all the businesses, all my creative wanderings, that this was the business that I was going to work on and expand, especially after I moved here Mm -hmm. because I lived in Seattle for 20 years. And so, so you went from Louisiana to Cascade Mm-hmm. To, to Seattle. Ba- uh-huh. Back to Seattle. Back to Seattle. Mm-hmm. And then to Sonoma County. Yes. In 20, uh, the fall of 2013, um, I went on a road trip and I, 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 I now know that I was having a midlife crisis <laughs> a few years early. Um, but I came all the way, you know, all the way down the coast, Oregon coast, Washington coast, Um, hit highway one when I got you know to California and was coming down the coast and tried to you know stop get some gas and my cards had been frozen because the bank didn't know I was traveling and they're like watching all this activity so I couldn't get any gas and I was like oh my god and and I called customer service they said well the closest uh, branch to go to 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 figure this all out is in Healdsburg, California. And I was like, you're kidding, because I was not on my way to Healdsburg. <laughs> Wait, where were you when they said, where were you? Uh, well, I was out like in Fort Bragg area okay. coming, you know, coming from Fort Bragg into 
you know, getting on to the 101 again to go south. I was um, I was thinking Seattle to Big Sur sounded Did really you good. have your car packed with all your bags? No, I was just, this just, just a on little vaca- trip. Yeah, just on vacation, okay. just a road trip. I had a tent. I really uh-huh. wanted to camp. I really needed a lot of time with nature, a lot of time just, you know, Folk. Yeah, yeah, cooking yeah. out on Down. a fire pit, wine, you know, <laughs> roasted, you know, steaks. That was all. Uh-huh. I mean, I just wanted to be outside. And I, and I tend to do that when I have these life changes. I, I tend to go to the hills, you know, cause that's where you find comfort yeah, it yeah. speaks to me. Yeah. Right. So you're stuck at the gas station. <laughs> you offered to pump gas for a few days to well, earn your well, tank. Those were the days where I wasn't always broke. You know, um, I did have a, you know, I had a, had a really good life. I had an excellent life in Seattle. And most people thought it was kind of crazy for, for becoming unhappy with how, what was, you know, all the rush and demands and deadlines and, you know, it just... It was, I didn't want it anymore. And especially the weather did not help. And I wanted to grow peppers. In my heart of hearts, I wanted to grow peppers for this hot sauce that I wanted to bring to market. So when I did, I found my way to Hillsburg. And then, you know, um, I never did make it to Big Sur that trip. I actually ended up camping out on the Russian River in Alexander Valley. And what was just going to be a couple days turned into about two weeks of me just exploring you know going down all the wine roads dry creek going all the way out to calistoga and napa um it was it was when i came here and saw everything growing this is this is uh late september so figs growing on the tree you know by the bench in the center of town um because i'm a farmer i can see fennel growing everywhere I can see all the citrus I'd never seen that before and I had a good hunch you could grow peppers west east of the 101 you know <laughs> and I was right I was right and they're the, the growing peppers here just upped my hot sauce game um, because it too grows in the best soil and the best climate just like the best wines of the world so my peppers go into slow maturation and that's why they can hang red on the plant for a hundred days so i don't pick the pepper uh, when it's green hoping that it's going to turn red and i don't even pick them when they turn red i leave them there because they go into this um this cool phase every night the, the temperature drops 40 degrees here in in our community and they were perfectly fine. They're not rotting. They're they're just sitting there, just enjoying the sun every day. And their natural sugars are just ramping up. Um, and what kind of pepper? Well, I started with a handful of peppers that I were very recognizable and very <laughs> um, uh, very well known. Um, I. My favorite pepper to grow is the cayenne because that is what, you know, Tabasco mm-hmm. is. It's mm-hmm. a, yeah, and a lot of Louisiana hot sauces. Um, so to that, what I, what I've, what I've added to the mix is a very, is everything from very sweet to what they call a medium hot. It's not a super hot, which is in the millions Scoville, but your cayenne, your Serrano's, um, I don't use any jalapenos or, fr- or fresnos in this mix. 
Um, they're about 500,000 um, on the, on the Scoville um, scale. But I was introduced to an Italian, um, uh, Italian red pepper that is the sweetest, most mm. delicious um, red pepper. And it's called, um, I believe it's called uh, Corazon de Torro. And it looks exactly like a bull's heart. Oh. And um, I would say that it's probably some sort of Italian pimento because it's mm. just that sweet. So I have a broad range of peppers and I call it so a it's field like a mix. I call field it a blend. field blend yeah. because it's constantly changing. Mm-hmm. Um, people will say, oh, well, this, this pepper is mutating. And I'm like, as long as it turns red, it's got a home with me. And so after five years of, of saving seed, because I saved the seed, you know, um, I harvest the peppers, I destem the peppers, I process the peppers. And I almost think that if you poured this out and put it on a, uh, on a paper plate and let it dry, you could probably plant that pepper. Pa- plate. You, you could plant, that seed is still alive right. in there. Right. Wow. So. Um, and, and why did you choose to leave the seeds in the sauce? Well, I did that because that's how my grandfather, you know, most Mexican families, when you sit down to a meal, there is a homemade hot sauce um, of some sort, some sort of salsita that's, uh, it's not peppers and, and tomatoes. It's a chile based little sauce that mom just put together, blended up in a blender. And we don't sit there and take the seeds out of it. Yeah. My grandfather was, um, he loved to grow watermelons. And mm. Moses Lake Washington, he was known as the watermelon man. Look, that's the watermelon <laughs> man. And my grandfather would eat everything, what they would call tip to tail. When you gave him a watermelon, everything was gone. Well, wow, the, ri- the even end. the rind. He would eat it all. Yeah. You know, a pear disappear. You know, apples. You don't, nothing ever got spit out. Wow. <laughs> Mm-hmm. so like I can eat seeds on some things like yeah. I can eat watermelon seeds and pear I can eat a whole pear except for the little tiny stem uh-huh, yeah. that I don't eat but I could eat the middle right um some apples depends if it's soft enough yeah huh. just pa- papaya seeds I've never no. had a papaya <laughs> seed <laughs> that doesn't not, appeal not to every me seed. My, I never I don't know if my grandfather had mm-hmm. ever had a papaya but I remember being a kid and going oh I wonder if we could eat those seeds you know because like you know could you we we took the seeds out um but when grandpa was doing it, it was like maybe I can do that too and it was mm-hmm. the same way with chile my grandfather would sit down at every meal and have a jalapeno so it was his dinner and then grandma would bring jalapeno and he would eat it just like that and then yeah. eat his food and then chomp on it. So that was another thing that I wanted to do because I thought it was cool. Yeah. And so that's how I started including peppers at every meal also. And is there, what, what are you looking for is from the sweet peppers? Because the, the ones that you're using that are sweet, those have no... Those aren't the bull's heart ones. Those don't have spice to them. They're just a sweetness. Correct. So okay. if, if, if when people taste the hot sauce, they're, they think there could be sugar in it because it, it has a sweet flavor to it. Right. And so the hot sauce has no sugar. Yeah, because the look of it, 
looks mm-hmm. like the um, God. I used to work at this hotel in San Francisco, and and everyone that I worked with, a lot of people used sweet chili sauce. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's Vietnamese or Korean I or something. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it, it looks a, a yeah, lot little, like that. It's but similar. it's not really that spicy. It's definitely more sweet than <laughs> spicy, and so I found myself putting it on everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna try some of this. Okay. Now this one actually was the hottest um, hot sauce that I wait. You tell made. me that after I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason that it turned out so hot is because I was trying to color correct. I knew it was going to get dark, and I do right. not want a barbecue looking hot sauce. Right. So I tried to color correct by putting um, lemon ahi in it. Is uh, that a type of pepper? Yeah, so, you know, like on an artist's palette, if you take, you know, red and mm-hmm. mix it with yellow, you'll get a high orange. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was going for the color, but God, it, every single person that tastes it are like, mm, it has a hit in it, you know, it has a kick to it. Are you sweating? Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's actually not too it's hot. It's really, I'm... really balanced. Yeah, Thank for sure. you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Thank you. No, I'm, I'm, what have I been using lately has been, um, uh, Cholula is well. I use whatever we have at the hotel, so they give us the hot sauce that right, we use, where exactly. we don't really get to bring our own right. into the cafeteria. But I've been using usually stuff that's a little bit hotter. But I prefer stuff that's got a little sweetness to it. And I can't use the red Tabasco anymore. I'll use the green Tabasco because I like the flavor of it. Because mm-hmm. I don't I, for hot sauce, I don't just want heat. I want depth of right. flavor. Right. So I'm I'm usually using off brands because I'm not looking for something that's just kicking up and making me sweat. I want something that's round in your mouth. That's kind of hitting every, like a wine, like it's hitting every part of your palate. Well, that, that is what Sonoma hot sauce is guilty of. I mean, it just explodes in your mouth and it hits every, you know, it's got the sweet, it's got the tart from Mm -hmm. the, uh, from the citrusy flavor that it's got a nice mellow, um, center. And then the heat doesn't, doesn't overpower and what i love about it is it really enhances your meal it doesn't have blueberries or truffles or there's nothing (laughs) in there that that takes over over your good meal yeah you got to try this one one. so another is that going to be hotter no it's milder okay and so the um the other thing is is that eggs eggs best friend most people that taste it love it on eggs yeah, how did you come up with that eggs best friend to put on the bottles? Well, I just made it up. I'm like, yep, it's eggs best friend. Yeah. Yes, but I mean, best someone must have said that to you at so some much. point. No, I, I've said that. Okay. It's completely my, it's my tagline. And you found that it resonated with people, and so exactly. Well, Americans are eating 380 eggs a year, believe it or not. So, um, you know, why would you put? Well, so much milder, isn't it? Yeah. But I want this in my Bloody Mary. <laughs> <laughs> you can put in anything you want to. Now that hits me more at the back of the mouth, whereas this one hit me more in the front of the mouth. Uh, correct. And so what? What were? What is really cool that's happening in the um, in the bottle over time? is that it's like wine it's it, there's different nuances that come out in the spring this is <laughs> this i this is um 
freshly fermented. I picked these peppers this year. Um, I actually lost my my crop this year due to wait wait to, uh, you picked the peppers in nineteen in nineteen okay in um in the end of October okay these peppers in this bottle I were from twenty eighteen oh wow wow okay so there's different vintages this vintage will always be known as the hotter one you okay. know what I'm saying like that will go you down know? in history Do you, are you well because I put somewhere? those yellow ahis in there and that oh okay that and you can see it you can, you know yours do you have you kept some of your bottles from yes. your very first mm-hmm. one yeah yeah it'd be like doing a whole uh t- like you dinner. do a vertical well I was thinking that pep- like it yeah. might be cool to actually put the vintage on there so then people would say oh yeah I remember the 17 was great yeah, and yeah, yeah. I would love that printing and bottling and all that here is a big conundrum it's a it's not <laughs> a real easy no yeah. so okay so a pound of peppers in a bottle of five ounce bottle of sauce oh my god my mouth is like so crazy <laughs> my tongue ah. um <laughs> and you we don't want to give your recipe away or your you know your secrets but basically you harvest them you, they stay you know they've stayed on the vine as long as you decide to take it off take it off destem them do everything and then does it go into some kind of a fermentation? Yes, I ferment for 101 days. So 100 days on the vine and then 101 mm-hmm. days fermenting. Because 100 is not long enough and 102 <laughs> is just a little exactly. too long. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. I, I, People I used always to joke remember with, that if I say it well, that I way. Joke, when, when, remember when the vodkas came out and everyone was into how many times it was distilled? And there was one that was like 32 times distilled and I thought... How insane is that? Like 31 <laughs> times, you're like, nope, one more. Right. So 101 days fermentation in open vats or? Um... No, no, no. Uh, for for uh, for years, I would put them in glass carboys and, mm. um, you know, put uh, bubblers on them and kind of let them go. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there was a huge learning curve in the uh, fermentation process. In fact, until I took my, until I moved here and took the agripreneur cl- class and whatnot, I didn't know I was fermenting. Mm-hmm. I had no idea why my bottles were exploding, and uh-huh. I mean, I had no idea. <laughs> in fact, I would make all of them in like little ball jars, and then you know that um, yeah. you know when at the baseball team they take that big igloo cooler with the screw top on it i would put them in there and put the screw top on it and patch it ratchet down because they would explode just thinking that would control it yeah because i was like i don't want them to explode in my house right (laughs) so anyhow there's been quite a bit of uh, of learning and great information here because this is the fermentation capital of the world you know, everybody's fermenting something around here. Mm. And so I'm in really good company. There's a lot of solutions here. Um, a lot of, say, products um, here that help um, and cater to the fermenters um, mm. of, of beer and wine and chocolate and, you know, sauerkraut and just, you know, the whole passion. Yeah, kombucha, the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. people are... Kombucha, I had sauerkraut exactly. today. How was it? It was good. Do you have it on a hot dog? No. You have it on a tofu dog? <laughs> I had it with Dijon mustard and turkey. <laughs> okay. Um, so do you bottle it or you have a co-packer now? Well, n- this year I found a bottler and, mm-hmm. and someone who would bottle and label it. The problem with it was he was in Washington State. Oh, no. <laughs> so now you're paying freight. 
Right. So um, it, it's been extremely challenging to abide by the laws here in California. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Uh, yeah. It's because I think that's important for people who want to start start a business, a business um, especially here in California, that horrible. regulations can be a little bit overwhelming. There really is no how-to book. I mean, you're you're knee deep into it before you realize there's no way right. you're going to be able to do this. And there were plenty of people that told me that it can't be done, but that just strengthened my resolve. I mean, if right. you want I me could to tell that, yeah, you know, it was like you may not have been able to do it, but I have nothing better to do but do this. And so I just. I mean, I just went at it flailing. You know, um, one of my favorite sayings is um, ignorance on fire is better than intelligence on ice. I mean, oh. the fact that I didn't know anyone here when I moved here, there was no one that told me could, told me it can't be done. Right. You know, and when I took the agripreneur class, I guess they got paid to make people believe that they could do it. Right. <laughs> exactly. And so I was just crazy enough to believe them, you know. <laughs> But you did do it. I, I did do it. I mean, I figured it out. It's on the market, and I'm really proud of the beautiful, um, you know, grocery stores, specialty stores, and, of course, your restaurant, um, the, the Girl and the Fig. That is well, just... Well, I was so excited to just, be able to have it. That's and just a chili pepper in my crown, you know. It's just oh, really... I really you. love that relationship. But, you know, you. I love that, you know, you're women woman-owned business. You have created something from the ground up. I can't talk right now because my mouth is, like, <laughs> crazy. <There's> water. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, and... It, the flavor is amazing, and I would much rather have a local product than a huge corporation when I can. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Do you find that I mean, people a lot are... of people want that. They just can't afford that. Right. And so it just goes back to, you know, the bottom line, your food cost. How can you afford this? You can't give it away. In fact, in some restaurants, they'll put it on the table and people steal it. Oh, I know. You we know, went so... through that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I don't honestly know how much is being stolen, but it would not surprise me if we're losing some that way. So I think, we're are we buying the big bottles for the food service, and then we're doing the little bottles for sale, or are we just buying one size? You're just buying one size. So we're buying the small ones. So, we're, so they're open, like if people come at brunch and they want a side of sauce, I'm asking them... I don't want them just to bring a ramekin of the sauce. I right. want them to see the bottle right. and make sure they know if they love it, they can get it on their way out. Um, otherwise, I think it defeats the purpose of, you know, I could have any sauce. You okay, have but, to sell it like a bottle yeah, of wine. Yeah. It's just like, well, you know, uh, most restaurants have something they can afford to give away. But, yeah, we're not, and we don't charge people when they have an omelet if they want it. But maybe I should start doing that. Yeah. Well, I'm curious about, you know, with salt and pepper shakers, you keep them full. If people use some of it, <clears throat> if you don't have a large bottle to refill, then you're just leaving it on the table until it's, you know, when it's halfway done, quarter way done. No, and it then... comes back and they bring it halfway Okay. Back to the table. We won't. We I don't always, leave them on the table. No, and I always wondered about that when I go into a restaurant. It has hot sauce. I wonder if they're 
buying a new one or if they're just refilling the same bottle like no, a hundred times. Oh, it's a new one. It's not yeah. like ketchup when you were yeah, a kid. Mary. Like, yeah. yeah, Mary. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> it's one it of the is. side works at TGI Fridays. <laughs> okay, you got to marry all the ketchups tonight. Yeah. <laughs> 35 yeah. bottles of ketchup. Exactly. Well, and you can tell when it starts to get a crust around the right. threads. Oh, and, but, oh, yeah. but it's not really no. legal to do that. Oh, really? I don't so think these so. Are fresh commercially. Bottles in the yeah. hope that it, it, once they taste it, they want to buy that right. bottle. Right. So it, the bottle's for sale, and they can take that home. And what I love about this product in wine country is it's legal. You know, you're not taking home, right. you're not putting half a bottle of wine in your car, in your purse. Right. I mean, this is something you can use the entire trip that you're here. A lot of us right. were going to really nice restaurants, we're bringing home food and doggy bags we're in our hotel mm -hmm. room we've oh. got limited things in there mm -hmm. so this is something they can enjoy on their on their vacation um, in their picnic basket but they can also take it home because that's the goal of it I worked in, in you know in the tasting rooms also and they're heavy so if you've got a world-class traveler or a backpacker or they're just here for a bike trip i mean this fits in your you know your little skinny shorts and um you know and the, the bicyclers just love it and so uh, or people that are traveling light they can put it in their backpack um, if you if you use half of it, you can take it through TSA. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Got to get say. it down to yeah. two ounces. Yeah. <laughs> Put it in a plastic yeah. baggie. Yeah. And so, um, so that's what's fun about it. And as far as like all the problems I'm having bringing it to market, I'm also very proud of... Where are you running into problems? Well, okay. I don't... I'm not a landowner. That's a problem. Okay. Right? Greenhouses. Mm -hmm. There's not a greenhouse in this community, especially this time of the year, that's not being used for, in, for cultivated for marijuana. Oh. You know, that they're, they're, they've, they have a, um, you know, think about it. Yeah. Get a little more Nobody, money for that. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. going to pay. I, you know, I can't pay anyone to do this. Do you have to rent to a greenhouse? Yeah, well, yeah, I don't have a full-time greenhouse. Right, so if you don't have the land, you can't mm -hmm. build a greenhouse on someone else's right. land unless you have a, a good... And there are people that will grow your um, grow your seeds for you, but you have to be certified CCOF, you know, organic. And I, I save my seeds every year, you know. I'm just, I'm just so committed to making it country also and not mm -hmm. taking the seeds out of it and not putting sugar and preservatives in it you know i'm just struggling to keep it the way that i love it because in the end i make this for me i just try to make enough for you guys you know right. so i can you is know, it a sustainable is it a business is it a full-time business or you have another job well i got another job okay. um and i start on you know tomorrow on tuesday but the reason being is because um because of the freaking fires. So in 2017, right. I had my, um, you know, all the licensees that California um, requires, uh, which took me endless uh, days, hours, months of just trying to figure out what I needed, um, you know. Did you go the cottage? cottage no, law? it's not a cottage food, and it will never be oh, a cottage got food. It. So this is the, the way that my recipe is, is that it's also deemed an acidified food. So there's all, there's yeah. anyhow, you there's regulations yeah. for you fermented foods, acidified foods. 
Correct. So, so uh, what I'm saying is that in 2017, I had the um, the kitchen that I was um, uh, inspected at, and it's the only kitchen you can make your product at. So you it, so in the fight in 2017 that my kitchen was Finley Center, and because of the fires, it was turned into a Red Cross right. uh, facility, and there was no way that I could make hot sauce that year. Right. But I wasn't that smart. I got a loan from my aunt who just got a line of equity to put like a new bathroom in or something like that. And I had her, you know, send me three grand so that I could go into the field with my friends and my community with N95 mask on to save my peppers. And I had to save those peppers. That was really the only thing I had that year. I had so many things taken from me that year, including my mother. Mm -hmm. And I was not going to let those peppers die. You know, I had to rescue them. And so we did that. But (laughs) I made about 180 gallons of contraband that year because it wasn't signed off by an inspector, you know. So... Um, so it taught me a lesson. It was like, wow, I really did it. But now I have another problem. I can't sell it, you know, not at, not at the stores that I'd, I was ramping up to mm-hmm. sell in 2018. So um, that kind of happened to me again this year. I waited, um, you know, for them to be just perfect. And, you know, after right around uh, Cabernet crush time. And then we had the fires again. And this time, the year before that, my, my peppers were in an evacuation zone. But this time, everybody evacuated. So all my harvesters right. evacuated, right. and then it froze twice. And so it was just like, you know, uh, there was just nothing I could do. Right. Nothing now, is this I could at, do. at Darling Farms? Over this is in- at Darling Farms. So in the end... Um, I had made enough product in 2018 with the help of financial help of a high school friend that came into my life, you know, via Facebook. Oh, we found each other after 30 years, whatever. (laughs) But he fell in love with the hot sauce and he really wanted to get back, uh, get behind it both, you know, in the trenches with me and financially supporting, um, supporting a, um, a true process, you know, all the way through with having your legal labels mm-hmm. and, you know, having them bottled, having date stamp, having them freighted. Yeah. A big cost. And my feeling is, um, was, or still is, is that the more people that taste it, it, some of them are like, I don't even like hot sauce, but for the people that love hot sauce, mm-hmm. they, it just, it blows them away. And, mm-hmm. and they offer me, or come back to me with all these solutions. You know, I have land. I have a greenhouse. I have, you know, like how like can I'm we? I'm thinking like you know, kitchen table we, advisors. Yeah, mm-hmm. how can we hooking do that? Up with yeah. somebody with some other land. You're right. Yeah. And so I have talked to kitchen table advisors. You and, have? Mm-hmm, yeah. And so, um, so my dream with this, and you know, the way that I. Um, I was a Shark Tank representative, the uh, Santa Rosa Shark Tank representative for the Hispanic uh, Chamber here in, I think that was also it was at 2017. Ramekins? No, this was at the Double Tree. This was a statewide convention. Wow. So all the Hispanic Chambers came to our community. Mm-hmm. And there was a Shark Tank um, um, program. And I knew I had to be a part of it because I had this crazy 
idea on how I could scale this hot sauce um, business and also bring economic diversity and a way for people that are not working um, during the cold season mm-hmm. to help me create the sauce and market the sauce and that I would have this community buy-in and and mm-hmm. that you know people would really get behind this product because they were part of it and so I came up with this idea because I read the cottage food laws and one of the um, one of the 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 one of the things that you can do um, via that law is sell your own backyard produce and so because i live in a community where the 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 land is the most expensive land (laughs) in the country (laughs) you know a lot of us don't we don't own land we don't have access to land we're not growing Mm. our own food we don't have backyard uh you know we don't have community gardens in most of our communities i mean although we live in an ag community we're not part of it unless we're growing wine grapes right you know, there's 80% of all the, all the agricultural product in our community are grapes. Mm-hmm. And only in 20% Sonoma of Sonoma County. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Correct. So how was, how was I going to stage this coup? What was going to happen? Well, I thought if I could convince um, basically my people, Latinos, that love to farm. I mean, we just, we come with coat seeds in our coats and you know it's just like we're that you know we're that immigrant now you know the italians came with their rootstocks well uh-huh. we come with our own maize our own peppers our own you know peppers that we have always used in hopes that we can plant them here and so um i thought i would kind of um latch onto that american dream concept and say hey i'll buy your peppers if you grow them for me you know, and that would give them this little what they call negocio. Mm-hmm. Um, although Latinos are only 18 percent of the entire U.S. population, we're like 43 percent of all small businesses being created in the mm. United States today. Most of us will never um, earn more than fifty thousand dollars a year, but all of us will spend that fifty thousand dollars in our communities. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. So by um by banding together and saying well if you've got time and you've got a backyard and you know um in october or september when school starts you can sell me your peppers and you can buy shoes and books and things for the kids you know Mm -hmm. that extra five hundred dollars a year or a thousand dollars a year that everybody needs Mm -hmm. you know so that that's my that's that's my idea to grow this business and to make it a real community condiment that people are like, you can only get mm-hmm. it here. You know, um, one of the things I noticed in the wine business is that they have a distributable wine, something that you can find all over the country for, you know, a, a pretty good price if you buy it at Costco and then when you come to the winery we've got all these other wines that you know are distributed Mm -hmm. and so I'm thinking that at some point I I would love to to um have the best five dollar bottle of hot sauce in America you Mm -hmm. know or even less but also to have these um high quality high touch premium you know Mm -hmm. the best 
different year to year vintages, every, you know, everything. Mm. I want that too. So, um, that's the path that I've put myself on. And because I can't, I don't have an in, I have a lot of littles though. Right. And so by sharing this story, people go, Oh, I got a backyard. My uncle has a backyard. And so it's just an idea is it starting? that I want to spread. Are it is starting. It? Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. So, you know, not that different. We do a neighborhood fig program and in when figs are ripe in season, we offer our neighbors to come with their excess figs from their trees. They have to be ripe. They have to be ready. And they come to the back door and we weigh them and give them market price for them back on a gift card. And it's similar to mm-hmm. what you're thinking. I mean, people have these trees and the birds ate most of the figs for right. years and years mm-hmm. and years. And now at least, you know, we're going to buy them at the market. I would much rather buy someone's figs, you know, off their tree. That's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you're telling me this because I think I don't know. I don't know if it's this. legal. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was going to was going to ask because. If you have a sauce like this that has uh-huh. this label on it, are you allowed to just get peppers from anyone that gives well, them to you? Well, uh, legally, yeah, a backyard farmer can sell them. But if you if you get too big, you're if your riches get too big, your... they're going to come back to you and say, "No, I need to know where these peppers came from, where these ingredients came from." Well, um, when you're so getting certified, I can have an yeah. idea and have a passion and have a solution. Yeah. But I'm going to get. You know, fresh food is illegal. You know, it's it's hard to come by on a grocery store shelf. This stuff can kill you. You know, we live in a world where lettuce is killing people. So there's so much um, concern about a real pepper, a real garlic, you know, raw vinegar. I mean, it's there's, you know, it just makes cdhp's head just blow apart they don't know what to do with us and that's why legal or unlegal um or not you know legal or not legal we're all you know it's there's a rickety path to to being legal you know you have to do whatever it takes um in the beginning and um and and they know that i mean they're you know when i talk to a business person they know that the first place that I ever distributed my hot sauce was out of my trunk right you know I wouldn't be the first and only person to do that no so there's a path to getting it um right you know you start you ask for forgiveness yeah yeah exactly now that's my yeah have you have you entered it into the good food awards I haven't I seem like I miss um you have to do it next year thank you I will have to do I think I need to get on it this year you know um you're too late for this year because it's this weekend (laughs) next weekend yeah Um, but but I would also recommend maybe you going to the city and um I have to figure out, I have to see where the mercantile is going to be and where the awards are, but it used to be at the ferry building mm-hmm. where you could go and see all Just the products ceremony. that, you know, all the finalists and kind of check out, but, mm-hmm. but even their website is great. Um, but I definitely think that's a good place because you can meet a bunch of people, um, 
have you walked the fancy food show before? I haven't. Oh, well, you can still do that. It's yeah, it's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday yeah. of this week. Of this week? Not tomorrow, but Sunday, the 19th, oh, 20th. I didn't realize that. Yeah, you go to the city and you have a business card you could get in. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think it's way big grand scale, but I think... Um, you know, meeting people, talking to people. I mean, it's constant networking. I mean, and you do have a good farm network. I mm-hmm. mean, you got all the rural quackers and, yeah. you know. Well, I have Barn Raiser who and Barn came Raiser, to my rescue amazing. this year. Um, during the, um, during the fire, they put out a call to action. And I mean, I, you know, I had $800 in sales, like within 20, 48 hours. That's amazing. Yeah. So that was, you know, that was really amazing to me Mm -hmm. and important to me. And, and, you know, um, one of the things that, that all of us experienced was waste. We're throwing away things that we bought and paid for. And so $800 was a boon. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate that. Thank you, Barn Razor. And so, um, then this year through the, um, the, uh, in being, becoming part of Oliver's markets family was to find a distributor and so Feed Sonoma has become oh, the distributor of Sonoma hot sauce because it too awesome. fit, kind of fits mm-hmm. their um, their profile, um, their requirements of having you know quality, pristine, you know the mm-hmm. best um, to offer. And so little by little, you know, um, it's finding homes, and it's mostly word of mouth. Mm-hmm. I um, I love exposing myself. I love to go to um, to the city and meet and share mm-hmm. product and all of that. But there's a huge disconnect from all the help and financial background of people in the city and us in Sonoma. Mm-hmm. And why there's that great divide, I would like to know and would you... love to help, you know, mend because um, it's such a shame, really. And so one of the things, projects that I'm working on is, this will really interest you guys, guys is that um, it's a program called Fresher that Feed Sonoma is using exclusively with all of their um, all of their farmers. And it's a way for the farmers to, to let people know what, what's grown in the field. Um, and when it's ripe. What, when it's ready, about how much. And so the, the chefs, the... Um, buyers, you know, can look onto this portal and they can see, they have this mm-hmm. um, vision of not only which farm and the bio for each farm, um, but what products. And, and hopefully at some point they can ask you to grow something that you really want. I mean, who's growing white asparagus and why would you if there wasn't a market for right, it? Right, exactly. So, um, so I'm just getting started in this also. I've become a new... Um, uh, vendor on their website, but I also get so excited with solutions and people bringing solutions mm-hmm. to to our community, to farmers, to buyers, um, and and the economic um, possibilities to for farmers to sell everything they grow mm-hmm. and not let anything to waste. And so, if a situation like I'm I got in this year where I lost my lost my peppers. But how about I had this portal and I could see 
who Ooh, was growing peppers and, and right. nine times it's out of like ten grape business when someone has yeah. bulk grapes that they're not going to use yes exactly so have so having more access to each mm-hmm. other also right um so i'm going to start doing uh some um training videos for fresher mm-hmm. and i'm going to go in and talk to the founders on friday i mean on wednesday excuse me and we're just going to try to figure out how to highlight um the the stories of farmers and it's going to start here in california but this is a this is an idea kind of like barn raiser that can go mm-hmm. anywhere um have you met the people at la cochina what are they Oh, I'm gonna. Oh yeah, La Cocina. Yes, yes La of Cocina. Uh-huh, yes, <laughs> perfect. Yeah, and they have a wonderful event oh, once program. a year yeah. where where going to that function, which they make very affordable for mm-hmm. people like myself to come into the city or get a little scholarship. I mean, you know, I have really been bootstrapping and um, this this particular project. Um, and I was I was so determined not to throw money at it because. I, I, when I had money, I threw money at everything and that never seemed to work Mm -hmm. either. So the, the more committed I got to spending every dollar to go back into the business, um, was, was really, you know, good education Mm -hmm. because now I, you know, I see everything as like, (laughs) as an expense or how am I going to turn in a profit, you know, um, so staying down to only one one product in the grocery stores has helped me also because mm-hmm. um you know I'm not trying to keep four things on the right. it's just easier to start with. Yeah. So I yeah, be going to La Casina, um having food mentors, people there that yeah. buy for buy right, buy for whole mm-hmm. foods, buy for the ferry terminal and they tell you yeah, that's not how you're going to get a product in the market. So a lot of people in my community, Santa Rosa, Healdsburg, um, Sebastopol, they're wondering how I'm how I'm making all this happen. Well, you're a mover and a shaker. Well, well, first of all, this is my baby, and it will not die on my you know watch. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it has given me so much. My mother passed away uh, two and a half years ago. And this saved my life. I mean, processing peppers and each one, you know, pulling the stem mm-hmm. off of each one and each pepper is different and cute and round or shrivel. I mean, it just, it really helped. It was my therapy, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so <coughs> when I couldn't do anything else um, wholeheartedly because I was just broken. I was so sad. I was able to make hot sauce and actually, mm. um, you know, it, I, so yeah. I say hot sauce heals, yeah. you know, it's really yeah. been there Honors for me. Definitely. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been a great thing. And my mom was a huge cheerleader for this project. Mm-hmm. All of my family's been because hot sauce is a unifier right you know and I in my family it's like the cherry on top of the meal I mean um to have something so necessary to a good time you know Mm -hmm. to bringing people together is is what what I'm crazy about you know Mm -hmm. I want people to hey hand me the hot sauce hey did you you know (laughs) have you tried this oh you gotta try it you know Mm -hmm. and it's fun that way so where can people find it well presently um if you go to sonomahotsauce.com there's a web page that um gives you 
all the names of the um, retailers and restaurants that are carrying this um, this hot sauce, Sonoma hot sauce. We're located in all four Oliver's markets. Um, Girl in the Fig, thank you. You guys are selling in your retail shop. And if you go to brunch, you're always going to get a little bit on, uh, with your egg meal. Big John's Market, Hillsburg, Oakville Grocery in Hillsburg and Oakville, California. Freestone Cheese, my dear friends um, out in... Um, and Freestone, the Bottle Barn just killed it this year. I had cases of hot sauce for sale there. And um, they're great stocking stuffers. I do a lot of case sales. And so Bottle Barn had the space, of course. And um, the owner there loves my hot sauce and sends it to her family and her oh, children nice. in college. So they're big supporters. Uh, Andy's Market, Pacific's Markets. Um, my friend um, El Gallo Negro, the, um, the um, Diaz brothers, have been a supporter right from the beginning. And um, Ginocchio's Kitchen, do you know what the, where no, that is? That's I in don't. Bodega Bay. Oh, yes, I do. And yeah. River's End came in um, mm-hmm. during Christmas, and they bought a ton to give away for their... Oh, um, nice. They're giving baskets and appreciate mm-hmm. VIP baskets. And so they started using it in their restaurant mm-hmm. too. So that's mm-hmm. um, that's been, you know, a little bit everywhere. And it's been a great, um, great way to enter the market because mm-hmm. there's, a, there, there's enough people help me move and talk about the product like yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have limited quantities. I mean, even oh, though... Oh, yeah, I know one yeah. day we're going to call and you're going to go, no, we're out. Yeah. And <laughs> so that's this a, coming year. It is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then, uh, then we're going to either have to find a replacement or go back well, to Tabasco. Well, there's a big Just, bottle sitting yeah, right yeah. here on the table. I think you might want to stick in your yeah. purse. <laughs> I made... I made... I, you know, I did... I mean, I did go out into the field and pick and harvest um, for, you know, as many times as I could during the fires and right before the fires. Mm-hmm. So I made a, a limited quantity, yeah. um, you know. Um, but, I mean, that is a real scenario. You're making what's available. You're making what you have. When it goes, it goes. And when you make it again, you'll have it again. There's something um, I, I personally really... I'm good with that. That's how I feel with figs. Figs go out of season. You got to wait until they come back. Right. And so that's the whole thing with coming, bringing your product to market. You get this fear that has to be on home shopping network or how about Walmart comes and I need a whole warehouse full of it. And then my question was, especially, you know, getting ready to come to market and get into Oliver's and get into some grocery stores. It was more like, um, you know, am I going to have enough? Am I going to have enough? And how can I make more? And I had to ask um, Brian at Feet Sonoma. I was like, is there such a thing as a fresh seasonal product? You know, like, is that okay? I had this fear that if I kept that, if I sold out a hot sauce, then they'd find others and just that, right. that they you know, fill that shelf yeah, space. that shelf would space would be gone. And, you know, how do I deal with that? How do I deal with the idea? Well, you know, it's just, like I said, ignorance on fire is really important because you just get out there and do it anyways. You don't know how it's going to happen. You don't have any idea. And that really um, makes my heart happy to hear that you're good with that. Yeah. You know, it's like, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll have more when she harvests more. So the other thing too, is like in looking at your business model, I mean, going backwards and saying, 
okay, if I, you know, one pound of peppers going into a five ounce bottle and you need to make X amount of dollars and you know where your margin is, you know, from there you get to decide, okay, I need one billion trillion pounds of peppers, you know, to do my business this year and next year, you know, and where you're growing and growth and, um, you know, that's kind of going backwards. Well, you know, my original business plan calls for 10,000 peppers and I, and I can 10,000 pounds or 10,000 plants plants. So in order to really like start ramping it up and taking orders for restaurants and taking it to fancy food where it could really go places too expensive you know well I'm just saying you know even go to all the hot sauce shows and travel and all these things which that's that's where I'm going with this I mean Mm -hmm. I want to go to all the hot sauce shows and hang out and hey and (laughs) wear crazy hats and drink beer at night you know Uh I can't wait to do that but right now um she can't travel very far because she can't afford the gas. You know, she, she has to really stay local. And, um, and until I can get the land and the greenhouse and, um, you know, when you read industry news, one of the great ways that I get, um, current restaurant and natural foods, uh, information is by watching, Nosh, Nosh Foods. So they have Nosh Foods, BevNet. Um, they have conventions uh, twice a year on both uh, East and West Coast. And you can watch the conventions live on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And you can also replay these conventions. So they're from every segment of the natural food stores, um, food um, market. But there's no one on there talking about growing your own, pa- you know, your right. own stuff. Right. You know, so that's just a whole, that's, you know, either it's, either it's so far in the future or so but far in the past get, that I. No, you can, when you, like, we have a farm and our farm has been certified. So we are able to use the pro- produce from the farm in the restaurant. Yes, and you so, are. Yeah. So once as you, long as you yeah, have a restaurant, exactly. you, you, you can, can do it's that. completely yeah. legal. I mean, yeah. to make and sell right. from your restaurant. Right. Correct. But I would think you can do that in your jars too, in your bottles, right? Do what? Like make your hot sauce. Like if you were growing your peppers, I'm sorry. I well, missed, that's how I I'm making it bump. now. Exactly. But right? to scale it. Right. You need more land to scale and more it. You need more land grow. and then right. you need bigger kitchens yeah. and you need access to things. And the right. way that I make hot sauce is how... Um, uh, say hunts cancer tomatoes or how you get pears in a bottle or whatever is you're doing this at harvest time. Right. So I'm not making this in February. Right. Exactly. Not, you know, you can't get peppers in no. February, but I have people come to the, to the farm all the time in February wanting to see the peppers and you're just like, <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, so there's still a big disconnect yeah. when you tell someone that that I grew these peppers. Um, I'm really glad that I live here because I really think that this is one of the only communities that go, you do. And then they're all in, you know, they just, Mm. they're looking for something, um, fresh and Mm -hmm. their, their expectation of some, a local food is much higher Mm -hmm. and it's fun to meet the meet and exceed those expectations. When you've got the town's name on the bottle. Yeah. How did, was that difficult to get Sonoma hot sauce there? I can't believe that there was no one else that had 
tried to do that. It before. wasn't difficult at all, you know, and um, a lot of um, getting it into stores, getting the attention that it deserves has not has not been the difficult part. Yeah. Um, and Sonoma hot sauce was just, um, because I was, you know, I had to put a name on it. I was in that agripreneur program, had to write a business plan for it. So what was I going to call it? You know, and I just moved here. Um, um, I really didn't have a name for the hot sauce before I'd gone through some, in, you know, if it was holiday, maybe I'd make a homemade label saying mm-hmm. holiday or Valentine's right. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but Sonoma hot sauce was uh, serendipity for sure. But now that you've put that on there, do you feel like <coughs> if you did ramp up production, is it? mandatory for you to be getting the peppers from inside of Sonoma County? Or let's say someone on Central Valley said, hey, we can sell you 10,000 pounds of peppers. Well, right now, everything in this bottle is Sonoma sourced. Mm -hmm. So there's only four local ingredients. I grow the field blend of peppers. The Bernier family has been growing heritage garlic for 30 years or more. Mm. I actually know what it's like to peel 10 pounds of garlic by hand, you know, heritage Mm. garlic. Um, There's a little bit of uh, high-grade distilled vinegar and Sonoma sea salt. So, So, yeah, that's at stake when you start when you start uh, scaling and you right. start dealing with these natural disasters and you know, what am I going to do now? I'm going to get peppers from Mexico. Um, I'm not sure how to deal with that right now. I do know that I need to pivot with my product. Um, but I'm, I don't want to give up this name. Everything that you I learned and I up. loved. William Sonoma right. is not just in Sonoma. Right. There's a lot of things. Napa yeah. Auto Parts is like, in Sonoma. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think I you have that. to. I think it's a little different, like a wine having your appellation and having 75%. I think that's different than a. Uh, yeah, not necessarily yeah, that's mandatory, but for some people it would be a personal preference a because thing. it's exactly. right, right. Exactly. I mean, I think if there's a year that you have to buy peppers from Mexico, maybe you have an extra stamp that goes on the label that says this year's vintage came from Jalisco, you know, mm. or something like that. And it's identifiable, you know. Yeah, I know. I, I'm Lots thinking of... about all those things because my um, where my family uh, comes from is in the northern north central part of the state mm-hmm. and um i have people uh, uh, reach out to me on linkedin all the time you need bottles you need a whole ship of container right. of bottles i mean like do you need peppers we have lots of them in india you know and i just don't know what to do well i started returning there you know like what do you got how much does right. it cost you know what what's that like yeah. And so I'm finding these pepper growing regions are just a stone's throw from where my family, um, you know, were farm workers and had land. And um, my uncle Nieves passed away a couple years ago, my great uncle, but that's all he did was just have this little, you know, patch of land that he farmed his entire life Mm -hmm. and he had many kids and many grandkids and many great grandkids but at the end of his days they they named the whole road for my uncle and the whole community came out to cheer him on and run Mm. have a little parade for this guy that Mm. just farmed you know Mm. and so for some of us especially in my family 
That's all we want to do is just, you know, we don't want to put high heels on and go work at a bank. I mean, mm-hmm. not all of us are trying to get off the farm. Right. And for those of us, whether we're um, black or indigenous or veterans or, you know, can't have so many sensory issues or health issues that we can't work in these closed buildings, mm-hmm. the farm is so healing. And so we can take those skills and those biz- that business acumen Um, for the veteran, like, I'm going to do this no matter what, you know, and a lot of people that are troubled, troubled teens are finding, um, you know, how, um, healing it is to be out in the soil. I mean, the microbes Mm -hmm. in, in dirt make you happy, you know, Mm -hmm. and you can go home feeling really accomplished, Mm -hmm. um, because everything's in real time every day. It's different. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to somehow be a part of making sure these people have what they need Mm -hmm. to grow food for us because our our food system is terrifying right now Mm -hmm. and so that we can create ways for these small guys to bring product to market and get paid Mm -hmm. enough to to continue to do so that's what i want all right well if people that aren't in Sonoma County or this existing area, can they order it online? Are you able to ship it to them in different parts of the country? Yes, I do a huge, um, um, you know, shipping um, business. It's something I pretty much do every day. And you can go online to SonomaHotSauce.com. I have a marketplace right now. There, You'll see um, my five-ounce bottles. I do, uh, in the spring, also create 10-ounce bottles for people that, you know, just... (laughs) you know drink the five ounces but all those have been sold i make a fresh raw product by the half gallon that's here today you guys are tasting that but that's only delivered here in sonoma county so i hand that off and it's a refrigerated product and needs to be in the refrigerator at all Mm -hmm. times per california laws and um uh I ship a lot of hot sauce to the South, believe it or not. Tabasco Mm -hmm. is probably about 98 cents uh, at Walmart in Louisiana. And I ship cases to Louisiana, Texas, Florida. Mm -hmm. Um, So it just really gives you an idea that there's something different about Mm -hmm. that sauce, you know. Yeah. What's your Instagram account? It's Sonoma Hot. Sonoma Hot. Mm-hmm. So follow Deb on Sonoma Hot on yep. Instagram. Or if you go to Bite and Talk, you can look Bite at us. Talk. We're following her. Follow, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. My fan page I uh, is also connected to my Instagram. So I run specials. Awesome. Um, you know, try to do you know, free delivery. Or mm-hmm. one of the cool things that I did, I was trying to save my peppers, was to pack all pack all the shipments in fresh peppers. Oh. So a zero waste box wow, where they were cushioned cool. by these peppers. And so then they get to, you know, the, the, the recipient and they'd be like, what am I going to do with all these peppers? <laughs> so it would really send them into this very... Um, uh, cool uh, conversations with their friends. Do you eat peppers? You know, how am I going to do this, Mom? Well, how do I stuff the peppers? So it really. Um, but don't you need all those peppers for your sauce? Well, I was trying to save the peppers because I knew they were, you know, that potentially I wasn't going to be able to bring them all in. Right. Got so it. it was a way for me to share. 
Yeah. Um, the peppers. Cool. And also, I think it was kind of, there was maybe almost like zero waste day or something mm-hmm. was going on. No, it's so it's just fun. a way for me to tap into that. And mm-hmm. um, because, you know, being all fresh and, um, you know, I'm a farmer, I believe in composting and zero waste and using everything. It just seemed like a really perfect thing. Yeah. It was fun. really clever. Now this this product would be as close to my house as anything that I would purchase. Your that farm is actually I'm right by Sonoma State. Oh, are you? <clears throat> yeah. So we sometimes will buy eggs or vegetables yeah, or yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So street. you know, so, <clears throat> have you ever met Doc? No. So Doc's 88 years old, and. Um, uh, that's kind of why he's got all those big, crazy signs. You yeah. know, you're just like, what's going on yeah. in there? Well, it gets your attention. Really sure, you yeah. know. <laughs> but he, re- I reached out to him when I was in a conundrum. Um, you met um, Missy and Austin Lely, who mm-hmm. who I met in agripreneur pro- um, mm-hmm. class, and so they were the ones that grew my first crop of oh, uh, cool. peppers over here on in mm-hmm. his dad's yard and off of Arnold Drive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so by the second year, they were in Glen Ellen. And for whatever the circumstances were, she grew all of the uh, seedlings for me, but really couldn't manage um, mm-hmm. growing the whole crop. So I ended up uh, having my old suburban completely full of 500 pepper plants i had no idea where i was going to plant them and i was just in tears and i didn't know what to do and i drive by doc's garden or farm every day you know i was living out in that area you want to farm land here in sonoma do i want to i'll give you a pot of land (laughs) today Okay. I'm not joking. <laughs> Where do you have land? <laughs> we got a piece of area right behind the restaurant. Really? That is sitting there waiting for you. Yep. Really? Yes. My head's going to blow off. No, you let's we'll go over and take a look at it. Oh my done. gosh. I love that. See? Solutions. Yeah. <laughs> You're like done. Yeah, <laughs> All right, you guys. I don't know if it's good pepper land, but it's sitting there. Oh, it'll be good for something. Yeah. That'll be that's yeah. that's really phenomenal. I yeah. accept. Okay. <laughs> done. All right, so you will be getting Sonoma hot sauce maybe this year. (laughs) Fresh. It'll be the freshest hot sauce possible. (laughs) Yard to 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 table. table. (laughs) 20 feet delivery. (laughs) Um, But just to finish about Doc is that I've been going by, like you do, drive by it every day, and you can just see that not all the property is utilized. So Mm. I pulled in um, there, you know, the back, uh, in through the outdoor um, in their backyard and I'm just kind of pulling in and his farm worker was like hi can I help you and I says well I'd like to speak to the owner and he said well what can I tell him it's about and I was like well I'm I want to ask him if he'll grow peppers for me so Doc came out and I didn't know what to expect but he looked a lot like my grandpa when he uh-huh. came out you know and smelled a lot like him too actually you know been out in the field his whole life and so I told him the dilemma that I was in and I had these 500 pepper plants and I didn't know what to do with them and I you know was just really wondering if you could plant them over there because there's nothing over there I can Mm -hmm. see that he's like well let me think about it and he called me the next day and he says we're gonna do it and so that's how I've been able to survive and um uh, have a greenhouse and have these things mm-hmm. but and so it was real real I call him my angel because mm-hmm. he's just the sweetest person and so 
Um, anyhow, it, that, that has been my beginning. That was my end mm. here. And, and so here we are. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful story. Yeah, really yeah. cool. Really yeah. cool. And I love the hot Thank sauce. Thank you so much. Can I have one of these? Yes, of course. I'm going to yeah. take it to work and I will share it. I won't leave it there okay. because it will disappear. <laughs> well, no, you take this one and I'll take the closed one and put it back in inventory. Okay, I will, sh- I will, sh- I will share this with everyone when we take our break. All right, sounds good. Because yeah. we are hot so sauce lovers. Fun. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I Deb, thank that. you so much for joining us thank today. Thank you. I know it's a whopper of a story. <clears throat> Great I, I story. Didn't, I didn't know how, how much time I'd have, but <laughs> yeah, it's all based, um, my life is based on true stories, you know, yeah. so <laughs> thank you for being cool. so interested in all of our stories. It's yeah, really I, important. It, this I oral think history they're fabulous. is really you know, Fabulous. it's important to us to share yeah. these stories I think around so a table, you around know, on the table. Amen. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, if you want to check out some of our past episodes, you can go to the bike goes on.com or to radio misfits. If you're interested and you live in the area and would like to come to one of our dinners at sweet D, Only, I think, um, yeah, we added some more I dates. I think we added some more dates and we're going to do some more interesting dinner so that you can get a second helping of some of these podcasts we had a blast last night and we'd like to continue to do that so we appreciate you listening please leave us a review um and uh, if you have any suggestions please drop them for us we'd love to hear from you all right we'll look forward to talking to you next week thank you guys (laughs) 